How many of you ever took two cans and ran a string between them and tried to talk to somebody? Anybody ever done that? How many of you know that the reception is not great? You know, it looks good, it sounds kind of neat, but it really doesn't work well. We began a few weeks ago talking on the subject of let's talk, and, and the whole process is, is let's talk to God. Let's talk to God and let's let God talk to us. A lot of times we've made prayer this religious activity, this religious exercise that really is not what God wants to do. God wants you to enter into a dialogue and a monologue from His end to a dialogue on your end where you and He are communicating with each other. And so the book of Matthew, if you'll go there, Matthew chapter 6 is where I want to start this morning uh, in what is called the Lord's Prayer. And as you're doing that, let me say hello to the campuses. My name is Eddie Couples, and I am the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries. I'm grateful today for every campus and everything God's doing at each one of our locations. And we believe that God has a word for us corporately today, so let's get ready to receive. The book of Matthew, would you just look at that? I'm, I'm sure most of you, if you've ever been around church at all, you know this. It's referred to as the Lord's Prayer, but let me read it to you. Beginning in verse 9, it says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now that word amen doesn't mean it's the end of the prayer. The word amen just simply means so be it, all right? So what we're saying is so be it, Lord. What we've just prayed, that's what we mean. But how many of you know the Lord doesn't just want you to repeat that? He doesn't just want you to say that, Our Father who art in heaven, I'll be the name of the kingdom. He doesn't want you to do that. Uh, that there's more to it than, than what he's talking about. And so we begin looking at this and kind of breaking it apart because it starts off, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And the first week we talked about getting in focus, that we've, we've got to take our attention off of our stuff, off of the things that we're living in, and we've got to get our focus on God, on how great He is, on how powerful He is, on what He is able to do in my life and in your life on a daily basis. And so we begin to look to Him. We begin to think about what He's can, capable of doing instead of what we're capable of doing. So we get our focus. The second week, you know, again, it starts with our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom what? come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and so we talked about the second week about a week about establishing the kingdom of god that god has given the, the believer a christian he has given us the authority upon this earth to bring the kingdom of god to mankind that in fact god's kingdom is not like the kingdom of this earth in fact he told the apostles one day he said uh, he said if, if my kingdom was was like the other kingdoms we'd fight and in the natural but he said we don't war against flesh and blood but we war against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness that's why we don't pick up arms to go and propagate christianity christianity is propagated through the establishing spiritually of the kingdom of god on this earth and so as we're praying we're just saying lord today i, I first of all establish your kingdom in me how many of you know it's good to start with you right and so I establish your kingdom father in my life and then in my family's life and then in the church that I go to and God we establish it in the community and, and, and you just continue to do that and, and as you're doing that you kind of get a sense and sometimes you know sometimes you pray for yourself for 30 minutes because it's been a tough week anybody ever had one 
You know, it's, it's kind of been, sometimes it may be, you know, quick. The Lord just establish your kingdom. Okay, let's move on. There's, it's not a ritual that we're going through. We're just following kind of a track that God's laid out for us and that we can move through and pray. So you're establishing the kingdom. And, and this says uh, that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it, in, as it is in heaven. And then he goes on to say, which we talked about last week, give us this day our daily I heard one guy said he didn't pray for his food, uh, you know, at the table, that he just brought all the grocers in, set them on the table, and prayed over them that way. <laughs> I think that misses the point, right? Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And last week we talked about need. Uh, how, how do we pray in what we need? How do we, how do we get into our life if we're going through a difficult time? How do we appropriate the plan and the purpose of God for us? And he said, give us this day. And so we talked about how you do that. And then we talked about forgiveness last week. That was kind of tough, right? That, that was a, a, a rough thing. How many of you have ever encountered somebody you didn't like? Would you look around and see all the people lying next to you? <laughs> Come on, you know it's true, right? I mean, it's, it's, you just meet them and you don't like them. It's like, you don't even have to open your mouth. I don't like you. <laughs> Way it happens. Uh, and yet the Lord said to the Apostle Peter, he came to him one day and said, Lord, um, how often should I forgive my brother? Seven times? Jesus looks back and goes, not seven, Pete. Seventy times seven. 490 times. So, man, okay, I'm going to do it 490 times, but I guarantee you on 491, they're dead. <laughs> That's not what he's saying. He's not giving us a, a finite number. He's just saying... As your Father in heaven has forgiven you, so you must forgive those in your life. And so sometimes, man, you have to really pray about that. Lord, I, I pray today over this situation. I pray over this person today. And you know what? Sometimes when you're doing forgiveness, it doesn't feel right, and, and it kind of comes across hypocritical, but you just got to go ahead and do it because that's what God's called you to do. And if you don't do it, you're going to get bitter. And if you get bitter, it's going to affect everybody around you, Scripture says. So just learn to live in forgiveness, learn to forgive people. And one of the ways that you do that is by daily establishing forgiveness as part of your life. And then the last part of this verse, uh, or excuse me, of these verses here today that we read. In fact, let me just read it to you again. Uh, the, the Word of God says there in the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter, it says, uh, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. But before that, verse 13 says, and don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Have you ever been tempted? Anybody? I know you're in church, you're supposed to act holy, but have you ever been tempted? You ever wanted to do something that you knew you shouldn't do? See, here's what, we're going to talk about dependence today. We're, we're going to talk about how dependent that we really are on God. Because I want to tell you, I don't know about you, but in my life, I find that temptation just shows up. Y'all are so nervous. It's like, we can't admit that at church. And we sure can't admit that in front of our wife. Yeah, temptation just comes. You, you're just driving down the road and it shows up. Somebody walks by and you go, oh, Jesus, help me, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> I'll get real with you because you're not being real, so I'll just talk to you. It's like, could she put on some clothes, Lord? Why y'all act that way? You may be married, but you didn't go blind. 
I may be old, but I'm not dead. Come on, it, it just, I mean, temptation comes. Temptation just shows up in your world. If you don't go looking for it, you don't go seeking it out, it just, and so that's why Jesus said, when you pray, pray, Lord, don't let me be led into temptation. Don't let me find myself, whatever my temptation is. Maybe my temptation uh, is a substance. Maybe my temptation uh, is lying. Maybe my temptation is, is cheating. Whatever, Lord, don't let me be led into that area. And the prayer of Jabez in the Old Testament, he says, uh, Lord, don't let me be led into temptation uh, because I don't want to cause any harm. I don't want to cause any hurt in anybody's life. And that's, that's what the Word of God's saying. You say, well, how do I appropriate that in my life? Well, the Bible gives us some direction. Uh, in the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, if you want to go there real quickly or whatever you got it on in your smart device, just go there. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the 11th through the 18th verse. And I'm not going to read all this, and so I'm just going to jump around a little bit. Uh, but it says, put on the whole armor of God, verse 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Somebody read that one time and said, you may be able to stand against the wild devil. That's not what it says. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. And that's what I talked about while I go against spiritual wickedness, on and on and on. Uh, but, but then it goes on uh, in, in verse number 14. And here's what it said. Stand therefore, having gird your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the enemy, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now how do I go about appropriating this into my life? I can remember when our kids were small, when we would drive them to school, uh, we would put on the whole armor of God. We, we would just, we, we would talk with our kids and say, okay, uh, you know, today we're going to gird our loins with truth. We're going to get the breastplate of rice and the feet shot. And, and we would just go through that with them on the way to school. It's the same way in our life. The, the Word of God says that you are to do that, that, that you are to bring this into your life. And first of all, it starts off with truth. Listen, everything in your life is based on truth. The truth, the Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, it didn't say truth will set you free. You say, Pastor, you just said it did. No, I didn't. Go slow. You will know the truth and the truth you know will set you free. If you don't know that God wants you to be victorious, you'll be defeated. If you don't know that God is a healer, you'll be sick. If you don't know that he is a deliverer, you'll be in bondage. But it's the truth that you know that sets you free. And so he says, gird your ways with truth. In other words, the, the most inward part of your life needs to have truth in it. Psalm 51, 6 says this, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts you will make me to know wisdom. All right? So truth is what God wants in our lives, and he said, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to bring that the closest to you. I want you to every day say, Lord, today let me walk in truth. What would happen if we did that? Have you ever had somebody lie to you? Some of you have people in your life that you know they're lying because their lips are moving. <laughs> right? Some of you work with people, and you just know. You say, did you do that report? Oh, yeah, I got it done. Did you follow up on that call? Oh, yes, I did that. 
Did you do that? And you know, you know good and well they didn't. I mean, as soon as it comes out of their mouth, you know that they're lying. Now, wait a minute. I hope that's not a believer. I hope that's not a Christian because as Christians, we ought to have truth in our lives. Amen? That's what God said to us. And so you need to pray, Lord, today, let me live in truthfulness. Let me live the way you want me to live. And then he said, secondly, he said, get the breastplate of righteousness, all right? In other words, protect yourself. Now, look at, let me say this to you. The apostle Paul is looking at a Roman soldier as he's kind of doing this. And he's looking at the armor, and he's looking at the sword, and he's looking at all the things that this man has on, and that's what he's, why he's using this analogy. If he was in our society today, he'd use something totally different. But in that day, that's what he's got. So he said, put on the breastplate of righteousness. In other words, that righteousness protects you see we think righteousness keeps us from having fun well they're just an old fuddy dud they're just holier than thou you know what i've never met anybody holier than thou amen just because somebody is trying to do right we shouldn't be making fun of them righteousness is imputed to us by god righteousness comes into my life it isn't anything that i've done the Bible says, my righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. But he gives me righteousness, and that righteousness becomes that, in, in a Roman uh, uh, centurion, when he got ready to go to battle, he put this on. It's, it's like a policeman today putting on a bulletproof vest. Because if they shoot him, they're going to go center mass, and he wants to be protected. It's the same way that sword would come to pierce, and, and he would have that breastplate on. That's what righteousness does in your life. Righteousness protects you. From what the enemy sins against you righteousness keeps you from falling into sin righteousness says wait a minute i'm going to live the right way psalm 23 3 the 23rd psalm he says he restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness for what his name's sake right it's his name it's not anything that i've done it's not my path of righteousness it's his path of righteousness and he leads me in it for his namesake and so i put that righteousness on and i say god today i want to be righteous i want to do what's right in your sight god help me today to be protected from the enemy and what he would want to do and then next he said he said shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace have you ever been around christians that are hard to get along with right have you ever seen christians coming at you you know with like a a, a 20 pound bible tucked under their arm with that look like they're mad at the world and they walk up to you and go do you know jesus and you kind of go no and i don't want to right i mean it, it because all, all they want to do is tell you why you're wrong even if you're a believer they want to tell you why some little point of doctrine that their church believes your church doesn't believe and so they want to get into this contentious argument wait a minute the bible says that every day hear me every day i'm to pray lord wherever i go today let me go in peace what would happen in the business world if you brought peace everywhere you went some of you work in places that man it's always everybody's at everybody and it's always tense and it's what, what if you just walked in peace you say, Pastor, how do I do that? Shod your feet. Lord, I come today, and I just ask you that everywhere my footsteps today, that the peace that passeth understanding would go with me. God, let me walk in peace today. Let every environment that I walk into, let me take peace with me. Let me be a peacemaker. 
Let me be a Christian who people want to be around, that they don't run away from. You know, Jesus was one of the most peaceful people you've ever been around. You, you say, how do you know that? Two reasons I know that. First of all, sinners wanted to hang out with him. Right? He wasn't just beating the stew out of them all the time. Y'all do read the Bible, don't you? It's in there. And the second thing is kids liked him. Little kids wanted to sit in his lap. Now, how many of you know that if, if you've, I've met some people, uh, little kids have really good radar. And if they don't want to hang out with somebody, there's probably a reason. But kids wanted to be with Jesus because he had peace. There was his peace about it. So he said, hey, shod your feet with the preparation of gospel peace. Uh, the book of Psalms talking about that he makes our feet like hinds feet or like deer's feet. And he sets me on high places. He puts me in these high places because I walk in peace. I don't, I don't allow myself, listen to me, I don't allow myself to come down into the contentiousness of this world. I walk in peace. And that's what we're to pray. Lord, help me to walk today in peace. And then he said, take the shield of faith. Get faith into your life, all right? A faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. And so if I want to have greater faith, I need more of the Word of God in me. I need to hear sermons preached. I need to get into the Word of God and read it. Uh, the book of Proverbs says it this way. Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God is pure. I believe that. And He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. God wants you to know today uh, that He's a shield to you. He is there with you. He is, he is a, a comfort to you in everything that you do. And so as, as you're going in your life daily, you're saying, Lord, you know, today I, I want to walk with you. I want to be obedient to you. I want to live for you. And I, I want to have the shield of faith so that I can quench whatever the enemy would try to do, whatever the, the devil sends my way today. And let me stop and tell you, there is a devil And it's not because some movie you saw. All right? Some movie you saw may have exposed you to the devil. Okay. There we go. But the devil's real. The Bible says he goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so I've got a choice. I, I need to have a shield of faith every day. That I, and then he said, take the helmet of salvation. In, in other words, take, the, take what God has done. The, the helmet of salvation, it protects your mind. It protects your brain. Here's what he's saying to you. Keep your mind on the Lord. Understand that God has saved you. Here's what's going to happen in your world tomorrow. I can promise you this. The devil's going to tell you, look what you did. He's going to show up. You're going to think something. You're going to do something. You're going to react some way. And the devil's going to jump up and say, you're not worthy to be a Christian. Wait a minute, I got the helmet of salvation. Jesus Christ made me worthy. Jesus Christ has saved me. I refuse to allow my thinking to come down to the level of the enemy. I am going to wear the helmet of salvation on me, and I am going to keep my mind on the Lord. Psalm 147 says, O God the Lord, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. I want you to know today that God is with you. You don't have to worry. He's on your side. And then lastly, it says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Everything else is defensive. Everything else is to protect you. The sword of the Spirit is so you can go forth in the battle. Remember in the first part of this, he told us to establish his kingdom and his righteousness on this earth? Well, how do you do that? You do that with the sword of the Spirit, which the Bible says is the Word of God. 
through the Word of God. It's, it's going, and, and, and somebody asked me just recently, said, oh, why, why is it that you tell people to pray out loud? Does it matter? And I said, well, it does, because here's, here's what Scripture says. It says, when God got ready to create, He spoke. And the Bible says, and that God breathed into man, and man became a living soul. But there's a translation that says, and man became a speaking spirit. God has given you the ability to speak. He didn't give it to Fido. I know you tell him to speak, and he goes, woo, woo, woo. But he's not speaking. He's barking. All right? The only ones who God has given the ability to speak is humanity and he has given us that and the Bible says that we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ in other words we have been given the same authority and the same right so we go forth in the word of God and we take the sword of the spirit and we go offensively forward to establish God's kingdom the Bible says this in Psalm 149 let the high praises of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hand that's how we go forward that's what we do and so daily i'm saying lord today i don't want to go into evil i don't want to live an evil life i don't want to allow temptation wouldn't it be great would it not be wonderful to go a whole day and not be tempted amen we'll stay off the bypass about 5 30 because <laughs> i get tempted badly all right uh, but the, you, you really can come to that place where you live. Lord, today I, I want to be led, not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. And then he goes on, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And that's what I want to close with today. We start off the prayer with, with that whole process uh, about hallowing his name. We talked about that the first week. And then you close out the prayer once again, proclaiming who God is. First of all, it says, uh, for thine is the kingdom. I want to first of all talk about the kingdom of God. The, the word kingdom just means God's dominion. It means God's rulership. And, and so I just, I think at that point, you just begin to praise God and say, God, I thank you that you have taken me out of the kingdom of darkness and you've placed me in the kingdom of love and light, in the kingdom of your dear son. And I just thank you for that today. And, and just begin to say, Lord, I just declare today over my life that you're going to preserve me, that no evil's going to come nigh me, and that, that I'm going to walk in the kingdom today, that the heavenly kingdom of God, that I'm preserved unto the heavenly kingdom. Now think about that. Not the earthly kingdom, but the heavenly kingdom. And, and you just praise him. You're just thanking him as you close out your time in prayer but because he has invited you to be a participant in his kingdom. He said, I want you. I want you to participate with me and to establish my kingdom upon this earth. Well, how do we go about establishing the kingdom of God? It says, for thine is the kingdom. What's that next word? And thine is the power, all right? So how do I go about establishing the kingdom? It's through his power. That's why Jesus told the disciples on the day of ascension, he said, go and wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power that word power is the word dunamis it's the place that we get the word dynamite from god says go and wait until there's dynamite inside of you go and receive power from on high and and so i i think it's wonderful that you and i can say lord i thank you today that you have invited me to be a participant in your power now i don't know about you but i'm like tim the tool man taylor i don't think you can ever get enough power so more power right just come on lord i i want more power from you and so you begin to meditate upon his power you begin to thank him lord i, I just thank you today that whatever this problem this difficulty i'm going in and uh, remember we talked a few months maybe a year or so ago now about rpms that you read you pray and you meditate that's what we're doing here lord i'm meditating I'm, I'm just i'm looking at my problem but i'm looking at your power and i'm just declaring today 
that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, right? I'm just saying, Lord, today, I'm not facing anything that, that you're not able to take care of. And so you just begin to proclaim, Lord, I'm strong in you. It's through your power. It's through your might. It's not anything that I've done, but it's what you've done that I am able to do this. And so you go, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen, right? Isn't it interesting? When you read the scripture in the Old Testament, it says that God will not share his glory with anyone. But then you read the New Testament and you find out that Jesus Christ came and died for us and that God has sent the Holy Spirit into our lives. The glory of God has come and set up residence inside of us. And, and so as, you, as you're praying there, you, you begin to say, Lord, I, I just thank you today for your glory. I thank you today for the character of who you are has been established inside of me. And I am now able to exhibit through Jesus Christ your glory. And that people are able to look at me. The Bible says that people will look at you and see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And, and so as, as you're at that point, you're just saying, God, uh, I, I'm just asking you today, conform me to your image. Let your glory come into my life. You remember in Scripture where Moses wanted to see God? Remember reading that? And God says, no, you can't handle it. And finally Moses just kept on, kept on, kept on. Finally God said, okay, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. Remember, and he comes by and and Moses comes out of there and he gets to see the hinder side of God. He comes down and he, there's so much that happened in that moment. The Bible says that his face literally glowed. And he goes down and the people are going, oh, put something over your face. We don't want to look at you. I think that you and I have the ability to walk in the glory of God, that everywhere we go, we can transform the area we're in. That your very presence being there. See, I think we sell ourselves short. I think as Christians, as believers, that, that we say, well, I, I can't really make a difference. Oh, yes, you can. You say, well, I'm not perfect. Well, join the crowd. Nobody is but Jesus. Amen? We've all got our issues. We've all got our problems. But here's what I know. If I go in his glory and I establish his glory, there he is. And where his glory is, his power is. And where his power is, miracles happen. And, and, and so you just begin to say, Lord, I, I just ask you today that I can walk worthy of you, that I, I can just live for you. To, and, and then you just close out that time of praising him again. And, and so here's, here's what we've done. We've given ourselves a track to run on. Four basic things we're going to pray every day. Different days you're going to pray longer about certain things. I'm not telling you to just recite this and just say, you know, as I did earlier, our Father who art in heaven, how, and that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying to you is this gives you a running track. And you know when you're a fourth done, halfway done, three-fourths done, and all the way done. I prayed through the Lord's Prayer. And as you do that, what happens is, is first of all, you can pray a whole lot longer than you think. A lot of times we, we start to pray and we think we've prayed an hour and we look down and it's been six minutes. Man, I know I've been praying longer than that. Well, when you have a track to run on and, and you're going through a process, it helps you to pray longer than you thought. You know, Jesus showed up one day uh, at his temptation before, before he's crucified and takes the disciples with him. Remember what he asked them? Could you not tarry what? One hour. Oh, wow. It just got real convicting, didn't it? In fact, he came back three times. And finally, the third time, he said, just sleep on. But I'm not even going to mess with you guys anymore. Uh, I'm not telling you, if, if you haven't been praying five minutes, don't start out for an hour. What about five minutes? 
What about beginning your day every day? You say, Pastor, I don't have time. Oh, yes, you do. In fact, if you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. Prayer is like the oxygen to the natural, to the spiritual. If you don't get enough oxygen, you're going to die. If you don't get enough prayer, your spiritual being is going to die. I believe in prayer. I love prayer. I've developed a life of prayer. In fact, I was teaching LTU just recently, and they asked me, I said, said, what's the number one thing that we need to know? And without, I mean, I didn't even think about it. I said, prayer. Just like that, prayer. You need to pray. If you're not a prayer, you're missing an opportunity to receive what God wants you to have. You're living far beneath your privileges. Again, it's not some religious duty that I'm calling you to. It's just talking. You don't, have to, you, know, you don't have to sound like you got a mouth full of marbles. Oh, God in heaveneth, thinketh theeth, todayeth, lordeth. Oh, woweth, godeth. You don't have to pray that. Jesus says that. Those King James prayers will mess you up. However you pray. You know, sometimes how I pray, oh, God, it's a mess. He hears that one. He knows that one. I've, I've had other times, I've had people write me letters, and I just bring them right up here on the stage, and I just lay them down and say, God, see this? He can read. Shocked some of you, didn't it? <laughs> Never thought of that. You might want to watch what you're putting on Facebook. Anyway. <laughs> See, prayer is a journey, not a destination. Prayer is something that God says He invites you to on a daily basis. And says, just take time to come away with me. Just take a little time to spend in my presence. Just take time. Give me the first part of your day, and I promise you I'll make the rest of your day much better. And so I challenge you. Get up a little bit earlier. Go to bed a little bit sooner. Do whatever it takes to begin to spend time talking to God because as you focus as you establish as you have your needs met and you're totally dependent on God you're going to find this journey of Christianity becomes the most exciting thing that you've ever done amen